Welcome to Brothers Red, the unique LFC fan podcast brought to you by Five Brothers. Good evening, Matt, uh, Andy and Pad. Uh, after Liverpool have beaten Southampton 4-0 at Anfield. Matt, that's two 4-0 victories at Anfield. Obviously, two clean sheets. We scored 39 goals now in our first 13 Premier League games. We're on a rich vein of form at the moment, aren't we? Oh, it's so nice, isn't it, to win again 4-0. It's just, it's just really enjoyable watching Liverpool at the moment, isn't it? It's just, it's, it's an absolute goals fest, isn't it? I know we've had a few dodgy results recently, but overall, uh, you're watching Liverpool games now, and it's just, it's just so entertaining. I, I probably think we're the most entertaining team, team in the world at the moment, and we are, and we are that good as well. And uh, it was such a, yeah, it was just, it was, it was just a brilliant win, brilliant win on Saturday. Uh, great to be there as well, and. Um, yeah, lots of lots of lots of nice surprises with with, with Thiago playing really well, Jota and uh, Robbo back to form as well. So couple, couple really of my, pleased. A couple of my mates, my who not Liverpool fans, have said that to me recently that they they enjoy watching Liverpool play, be it sometimes we're a bit a bit dodgy at the back, but how you know, you know free flowing we are going forward, how we create so many chances. So that I don't think that's too controversial to say, James, that Liverpool now. As well as being up there in the table, I think we are the most entertaining team, aren't we, in the league? It's nice to it's nice to step away from the the analytical side of things as well, isn't it? And just kind of appreciate how enjoyable and how good it is to keep scoring all them goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think I think that's right, and it's interesting to hear what other fans, uh, you know, if they have a balanced view, um, think about Liverpool because. The problem I think we have now as fans is that we really have to be mindful of how good this Liverpool team is, how fortunate we are to be seeing it in the flesh, how um, lucky we are to have Klopp as the manager, because it's another 4-0 victory and you just kind of take it in your stride. But um, I know everything's not perfect, Paddy, at the moment, which we'll come on to, but... um, You know, it's like in life generally, you do just have to enjoy the fact that it's a 4-0 victory and we're on a good way. Yeah, I think there's three, there's three sides at the top of the league now. Um, they look really strong and I think we probably think our start is not as good because we've got um, two, a team, two teams above us. Um, but I think we've got the same points as what we had this, this stage last season and weren't we top? So um, I think on balance it has been a really good start. Um there's been a couple of concerns about the, the defence, if you had to criticise them. But as you've just said, we're just really entertaining at the moment. We're scoring bags of goals. Um, you know, we've just had three games in a week and effectively won 10 0. Um, even with a, a weaker side against Porto, very encouraging performances, um, even from some fringe players coming in. Uh, we've mentioned Simicast in recent weeks, Ox has played better. Um, Minamino's took a couple of goals when he's come in um, and then you've just fielded what we think is our strongest midfield for I think it feels like the first time this season and it can only be a handful of times that those three have played in midfield together and um, lo and behold they just won 4-0 Well I know we're here to talk about the um, the, the, the Southampton game Matt but it, it, it's tempting just to mention Thiago's opening goal on Wednesday night I mean it was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? I mean, we, I'm sure m- m- most Liverpool fans have just been watching it over and over again. 
Um, there's been that sort of rather pointless debate about whether the ball actually touches the ground as it flies through to, to the goal. But um, Thiago is looking quite tasty at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, that was, that was brilliant technique, wasn't it, in, in midweek? And, uh, and he played really well on Saturday as well. Uh, see, the thing is with Thiago, with his passing and his, and his vision, it just provides an, uh, just a creative out, outlet for us. And with him scoring goals as well, that's two goals now in two games. It just makes it a very kind of exciting proposition, having, having them free in midfield. And certainly it's about trying to keep them, them fit if we can. Because well, even got even got Fran off his seat, you know, the Thiago goal. You know what Fran's like with Thiago? He's always asking for more, isn't he? He's like, oh, he needs to start banging in the goals. But even Fran was silenced. Is she fish tonight, isn't he? Yeah, on Wednesday <laughs> by Thiago's beautiful finish. So long, long may that continue. And Fran may have a sea change in his view. Reverse to Fran James, he does he, he accepts and of course admits that Thiago's a class player, but he does ask a bit uh, for a little bit more from Thiago by him getting involved in the goals. And as Matt said, we're starting to see now the, hopefully it's not short-lived. The midfield wasn't perfect on Saturday. Uh, and that's the thing we've got to mention is that actually we, we did give the ball away quite quite swappily at times. And obviously Thiago had that had that kind of mispass. Miss so I think it's there's just a bit of a perspective as well that them three have got a kind of more games to play. There's teething issues there. Yeah, yeah. the more games they play, the more the more they'll gel. But I don't know whether it's a bit of an evolution as well because we're so good offensively now. Uh, we tend, tend to take more risks. And we, we've talked about risks, haven't we? And we've talked about the way Klopp sets out the, the team. But I think maybe perhaps the, the fact that we're, we're taking more risk is, is showing by how many goals we're scoring. <laughs> and also the fact that so there's going to be occasions where, for example, Thiago's going to try an incisive pass and may not always gets the intended target, but he's trying to cut out three or four men with an incisive pass. You give you give the players some latitude, James, but I think what what Thiago does do on quite an often, well, on a number of occasions, he gives silly passes away, doesn't he? Not like um, you know, 30-yard balls. Yeah, he's prone, isn't he? He's, well, he's Ward, yeah, James, Ward-Prowse could have scored, couldn't he, quite early on equalised? It was, it was kind of a great smothering from uh, Ali to come out yeah. there. It was, was a, it was a mistake. Yeah, Ward Ward Prowse is a player that I admire, Paddy, and um, he he is someone um, who could probably slot quite nicely into this Liverpool side if, if we didn't have you know seven or eight midfielders. Of course, the numbers is not really the problem we have; it's keeping them fit. But going back to possession, yeah, I did notice that. I mean, Matt, you were at the match with Dad. Um, Liverpool's pass success overall was eighty percent. Um, uh, Henderson was 73%, which is mm. kind of, you know, sub-ox levels, really. I don't know if he was maybe trying a few things. Fabinho, 81%. Um, Thiago, 87%. So Thiago was head and shoulders above the other two there. Yeah, I think this is why you've got to be careful with stats, because stats don't always tell tell the true story, because, um, as I said, if you're playing more riskier football, then, you know, you will perhaps... Um, see see some passes go astray, but if you look at Henderson's uh, performance, he was kind of a more creative as well with Thiago. He did he did a great header for the uh, for the drop for chance, which was blocked. Between these, got a hat trick. He put a he put a great ball through for the second goal as well. So actually, we see now Henderson was more creative, and now Thiago was p- 
picking up the loose balls outside the box and being more creative. So, so, so perhaps um, you you kind of sacrifice your past completion really for that. But um, but yeah. By, by the mean, way, James. By the way, why the hell did Southampton set up in the way that they did? I mean that it's like a red rag to a bull. Why would you set up in that way when you come into Anfield knowing how? adventurous the Liverpool front line is it just I think in fairness it was admitted wasn't it after after the game that Southampton had sort of set up incorrectly but it just seemed to me maybe they were trying to try something different but it seemed that it was a bit of a schoolboy yeah he did, he did I mean, admit that didn't he in the interview I mean but yeah. Paddy, Paddy it's a compliment isn't it if Southampton play this very you know rigid 4-4-2 system Klopp was very complimentary about them in the pre-match presser, they come to Anfield and they decide to, to switch to a, to a back three. It does rather suggest that uh, Ralph was a bit concerned about, about trying to deal with Liverpool. Oh, well, how do you stop our forward line? They're, just, they're playing amazing, aren't they? Um, but Salah's got 11 goals now in the league and Mane and Jota have got seven each. Like you said, we've scored 39 goals. I think if we score two goals against Everton, then we've got a Premier League record for consecutive games, scoring two or more goals. We're just on red hot fire going forward at the moment. So, what do you what do you do like when you're trying to set up your defensive system against us? It's it's, it's difficult because clearly a lot of teams, you know, the last couple of seasons have played low block, low block, and and certain ways to try and stop us, but. I think, like you're saying, if we're playing more risk now, then we're starting to see the benefits from that. Yeah. I was just going to ask you as a question. I mean, just, 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 just to throw it out there, I mean, I wonder whether this has kind of been a bit of an, a kind of evolution of our attacking style because Jota seems to be a bit more of a kind of an out-and-out striker now, doesn't he? And he seems to be a bit more of a goal-goal approacher, whilst in the past we kind of relied on Bobby to kind of cement things together. Um, so I don't know whether... Actually, Thiago perhaps is doing more of that cementing from midfield, and Joss is playing that kind of the more the more an out and out role. I don't know. I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? I think um, you've just got different players on the pitch. Like no one can do what Bobby does, but Joss does do a lot of work. Probably that gets underappreciated off off the ball. Yeah, he's dragging players out of position and making space for Mo and. And Mane all the time, so I think he is doing those things. I think sometimes it's just it's quite hard to spot them. I mean, we, we, I think I think Jota Jota's a, and I want to talk about Jota in, in more detail. He's a different player, obviously, to Bobby, but as a defender, you look at Mane, Salah, and Jota. They've all got pace, and they've all got um, an, an eye for goal, and they're all direct. So, you know, it it is a bit of a frightening prospect. And Jot has obviously had problems uh, with injuries, but now I think I said rather optimistically, didn't I, early in the season that he might rival Salah for, you know, for the golden boot. But he's he's crept back up there with that brace on the weekend, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, and this is one of the problems about the midfield, about well, the dream midfield of um, you know the Hoover, as I would call him, Fabinho. Uh, the Spanish pass master and and, um, and Hendo, you know, they haven't had any time to develop any sort of understanding. I mean, they don't have time, as Klopp always says, to train. So, you know, it might be 
that we need to give them a little bit of time just to kind of work things out. It wasn't perfect in midfield on Saturday, but, you know, it's a 4-0 result. Um, be interesting to see who starts on, on Wednesday at Goodison. Um, but uh, it, it obviously works. I mean, there's no fundamental problem with that, with that system, uh, as I said, of playing Jota as the more direct player. And um, Andy, I've been um, really impressed with Jota. I just think, think you know, he gives us another dimension. Yeah, at the start of last season, he started off in a similar vein. So he got, I think he got six, seven goals, didn't he, at the start of last season. And then, then he suffered Prolific. that. Yeah, and he suffered that injury. And that really put him back. But we were seeing those signs last year of Jota pressing really well, but also a real eye for a finish, really competent in front of goal. And that's what we're seeing at the moment, just nice finishes. And those two finishes he got, um, at the weekend, and it was almost like the build-up to those those goals. We, we just completely dismantled Southampton. You know, went right through them with incisive passes, and the tapping. It's quite funny with the tappings, James, because in, in FIFA, I used to play Paddy. We used to take um, judge those types of goals to be really dirty goals. You know, you couldn't finish them outside the box. You had to like try and pass it to your opponent. You won't know about FIFA because you weren't. We weren't very good at it, but <laughs> those types of finishes were in real life where you're just able to just stroke it into the net. They were unmissable chances, weren't they, for Jota? Well, what do we used to say now? Stinky, stinky finishes. Just dirty finishes. Yeah, Paddy used was that, to be... Was that the first one? Was that, is that you referencing the first goal? Because And and the second one, the Salah, Salah set-up as well. Jota got that one, didn't he? You know, like it's where a player just pulls it, doesn't go for the shot, just pulls it, pulls it back, and the... And the player finishes it. Paddy was renowned for that. You could only do those types of finishes on FIFA Paddy. He wasn't well yeah. equipped to score outside the box. <laughs> I mean, this is the interesting thing, though, about Jota, is that I kind of always thought very clearly that he comes in and he plays on, on the left-hand side. Um, I suppose I didn't really think really about how it was going to work out, but Mane and Mo are very settled on their respective sides. What I like about Jota, Pad, is he, he, he's such a sniffer. Round the six-yard box, he's all. I mean, he scored quite a lot of headers from around that area, but he always seems to be in the right position, and you can see that with his goals on the weekend. I mean, we've spoken, haven't we, in the past about saying, well, maybe we need to bring in a number nine, and you know, maybe we've maybe we've got one, but one unlike you know the uh, the, the sort of lazy Portuguese player at uh, Man United who's prepared to to run his legs off as well. We've already got well, our number nine, James. That's blasphemy. <laughs> the good, the good strikers make it look easy. Both, both his goals were tapping, but it's it's the timing of the runs and pulling away from the defenders, and it's just it, it's clever play. And when you see people like Fowler, Sturridge, Jota do it, it looks easiest thing in the world. But um, we've had loads of donkey strikers. You can't you can't do anything like that, um, and. He just makes it look so cool. I like his goal against Arsenal the way, you know, the composure he had just to, to dummy it twice, slap it in. Like um he's turned into he's turned into a cult hero. And you know, you can't really talk about Liverpool's front three anymore. You have to mention him. It's a front four. Yeah, and I, I think you know, Jota's um you know, on, on sort of sparkling form at the moment. Thiago is as well, and as, as Matt was saying, it's 
it does make you think now, and I know Mel Reddy was talking about it in her article after the match in The Independent about maybe now we're starting to see, I mean, just in that match, really, what Klopp was intending when he signed Jota and Thiago. There was that idea, wasn't there, that there was going to be a bit of an evolution. Jota was going to come in and provide a bit a bit of extra cut and thrust and Thiago was going to pull the strings. And I'm just hoping, Matt, that we get to see this team, you know, because that was really a full strength 11, wasn't it, pretty much? Um, play against Wolves and then, uh, sorry, play against Everton and then play against Wolves because I just want to see how they develop. Yeah, absolutely. More games will be better. It's like anything, isn't it? It's uh, it's continuity, really, isn't it? And uh, and hopefully, yeah, we can get that same midfield now playing um, and uh, get some wins wins together because because it's because uh, it's looking good, isn't it? Well, we've it won the, we've won the first two of the nine. Uh, I suggested that we we could possibly win before Christmas. Looking at the close, results. yeah. <laughs> Two, nah. two good results. Uh, yeah, well, you know, two out of nine. Um, but, Andy, there's that sort of school of thought, isn't there, just to come to you about, well, Liverpool can't just keep beating teams 4-0. Um, uh, they, they can't play or carry on playing so offensively and, 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 and sort of um, keep clean sheets. But, I mean, would you, would you maybe like to see a little bit more... Um, Sort of more focus on the on control in the midfield and in the defence, you know, to be sac- sort of to sacrifice a bit of attacking play as we go forward. Yeah, I think it's a, a bit about game management, James. I think Liverpool have been guilty on the clock on occasion to be so forward thinking that they've neglected the defensive responsibility. So if you get two 0 up, for example, you know, against Brighton springs to mind. If you're able to get that lead. Now, there is an argument to say that, you no, know, look, you can just um, maybe have that plan B, really. You can you know, have you can be defensive, you can drop in. It doesn't always have to be 110 miles an hour. But who am I to say that? Because Klopp has developed this blueprint, which has been so successful since he's come to the club. And it, it's, it's premised on risk, all-out attack, and accepting that there's going to be <laughs> some possibility but as fans it's not good for the heart is it because you well want, you want you want that blend of you know real you know attacking danger but also you want you want to feel in those big games like you know against Chelsea Man City that you have that defensive stability now I think back to the City game at home this year I, I, ne- I never felt comfortable in that game that we were gonna we got we got ahead and we could just keep keep the ball and keep in a defensive unit, I, it always felt like to me that City were going to have had you know had would have an opportunity to score, and they did. So yeah. it's that plan B really that you know that almost Benitez Benitez esque you know that defensive um, display that is really important if you want to be aiming for the top prizes. I yeah, think you just I mean, need to have that blend. That's what I mean. I mean, we, we, you know, four 0 you know, two four nils on the run, absolutely brilliant, loving it. Um, blitzing teams. I mean, if they can carry on doing that, <laughs> that's absolutely fine. But you would imagine that they're not going to be able to do that every week. There's gonna there's gonna be um one goal victories, there's gonna be two ones, one nils, you know, maybe 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 two nils, pad. That that's what you're kind of looking for if you want to try to push past Chelsea and City. Every Premier League win we've had this season, I think it's eight now. Um, we've had 
we've not conceded a goal. Yeah, but, I noticed so I think, that. I think that I think that's interesting. I think when we have conceded goals, we've conceded one or two, even in, in the Champions League. I think the Champions League victories maybe Porto was two one, but they scored late. Was it Porto? Doesn't Porto? We were not a two 0 Porto. Was it? Was it? Uh, Milan. Late. We lost a couple against Milan, didn't we? In the AAC three two, yeah. And, and it was AC three two, and then the beats was it two one against Atletico. Well, yeah. Well, what what I'm trying to say, anyway, is when when we have won, we've won well, and those games mm. we kept the clean sheet. We we look we, we were good for it, really. I know Southampton had a couple of chances. Um, yeah. but it seems to be when we're conceding goals, we're having a wobble in spells. So, like, there has been a couple of periods where, we're, like, in 15, 20 minutes, we've lost two goals, say. We look a bit vulnerable. And then we kind of... We need half-time or something to shore it up and and, and kind of, as a as a team, kind of say, all right, OK, you, the, the bat line's too deep or you're not quite doing something right. There needs to be a bit like a structural organisation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really those three games because... I noticed uh, when a stat came up about Ali having seven clean sheets that, you know, Ali's got um, seven clean sheets. So as the, the other two top keepers. So it, what, what it actually shows is that Liverpool haven't been that bad defensively this season. It's just that when they've leaked goals, they've not leaked one, they've leaked two and three because three against Brentford, three against West Ham, um, two against Brighton. That's the problem. It's, you know, it, it's okay to leak a goal. But it, you know, it's deleterious if you, you know, if you leak two or three, and that's been the the thing that when we've been off it, we've been, you know, when it rains it pours, we've been quite, you know, quite leaky at the back, um, in, in in the sense that when we have conceded, we've we've conceded more than one, and the good that's really why Matt these two two games coming up are going to be quite important because. If you can build on two wins and take them into four wins, then that that is some proper momentum, isn't it? Massive, isn't it? But I mean, just want to come back to your point about the defence. I think Southampton could have easily scored on Saturday, actually. Yeah, uh, I think Ali made some some really smart saves. Really, I mean, he's so good. I've got to mention Ali because he's so good on them one on ones, isn't he? You know, coming out and kind of smothering, smothering the ball. So yeah. As I said, I don't think the defence is is completely out of the woods, to be perfectly honest. Uh, no. And it's just about, again, it's just, a, yeah, it's just, I think Andy was saying, isn't it? It's just about having that that, that kind of plan B, really. But I think the defence really will be tested against Everton and, and Wolves, particularly away from home. Teams have kind of, as we know, teams have found, found that success from aerial, aerial balls and also getting in behind us as well. There's something to be so, said, Matt, as well, that I agree with what you're saying, but in terms of the defence, it'd be interesting, and we'll look to Paddy now for his um, knowledge on stats, as to whether we've had this season a back four, a consistent back four for a number of games, because it seems to me that Van Dijk is good enough, of course, to have any centre-back pairing, but it seems to be a lot of chopping and changing between, you know, Matip's been in, Canate's been in, the Gomez has had featured to some extent. I don't know whether that, you know, maybe in a Premier League, just having that stability, you know, the clock choosing the two centre-backs that he wants in there and then just continue. For Canate, for example, coming in and out, I don't think that's helpful for him. Matip the same. No, I know as part of rotation, you need to have that flexibility, but I don't know whether that could be a symptom as to why the defence is not, not quite clicking. 
I think mm. I think it's going back to from from my perspective the midfield. I mean, this is why when you talk about the dream midfield of those three who played on Saturday, they just haven't had opportunity to play together at all. And that's because the midfield has, has, has been sort of really disrupted. And that is the engine room after all. It's such a key part of the pitch. And while we were sort of lamenting Genie's departure, but I think the defence has been quite settled. I mean, Robbo's not been on, you know, best form because presumably he's, he's absolutely goosed but um, he looked re-energised um, on the weekend and when he came on against Porto, he looked like a sort of man on a mission. And, you know, his his um, his involvement in the first goal, for example, picks up an assist, is absolutely brilliant on the weekend. Um, so I, I think that maybe the issue is that we haven't been defending well enough as a team. And I tend to think that it's about a lack of control in midfield. And that's why when Fabinho's come back in, we've looked stronger can keep that three together that's what I wanted to see how that three gets on if they can if they can play against Everton on Wednesday and then play against Wolves on Saturday it's quite a quick turnaround I think we'll have a good idea about um, whether we have sorted out the defensive issues because that's where there needs to be a bit of progression Klopp's talked about it hasn't he? he's talked about the balance um, and we've said you know Liverpool not quite fully calibrated um, you know, 25 points now from 12 games. So we're just over two points a match. And we want to be a bit more like 2.4, don't we? Ideally, we want to be picking up a few more points than we have. So, you know, <laughs> we've just got to get get on this get on this run, haven't we? I mean, just, just talking briefly we're about... On, sorry, James, we're on, we're on 28 points now, you know? Yeah, I thought that, 28. Are we 13. on 28? Sorry. Oh, 28, because we've had 13 games now. Uh, damn you, Premier League.com. Um, sorry, I was looking at the wrong table. Yeah, how convenient, how convenient James blaming, blaming the website. Blaming yeah, I, thought you meant the last, I thought you meant the last 12 games, and I was like, that's an interesting form guide. No, sorry, yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, what so let's work out what's that 2.15 you know points a game. So, yeah, I think we need to kick that up a bit, but it looks a little bit better. Yeah, I agree than, than, than what it was. I also thought, um, Matt, that it was nice as part of his sort of re- rehabilitation to see Van Dyke score a goal from a set piece because I've kind of been waiting uh, for words to get back in the goals. Yeah, it's going to do his. It's going to do his confidence. Um, not not that he needs not not that he really needs confidence to be honest, but it'll just do him good really. Just 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 scoring scoring a goal because we know how kind of lethal he is from from set pieces, and it was a. Kind of, he's a real presence in the box, isn't he? And uh, he's, he just shows how good he is with both his head, head, and his feet. And it was nice to see when he scored. Actually, the um, the players all gather around him. All, all all players kind of, you know, showing real team spirit. We're all really, really happy, happy for him as well. And and I think, you know, I think perhaps in the next few games, I think I think Virgil might pick up another 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 goal maybe as well. And and obviously them. Them goals are key, aren't they? Because they make a big difference towards the end of the season. If you can score yeah. goals from from set pieces, I mean, I know we're still these set piece kings at the moment. I think in the Premier League, but if you can continually score score goals from set pieces, it, it does it does make a big big difference, and it and it can win your games. Oh, we! I can't remember the last time we scored. Well, other than the Van Dyke one, I can't remember the last time we scored from a corner. This yeah. may be my uh, 
We score from set pieces. Lack of knowledge and previous goals. Yeah, I mean Trent picks up another assist on the weekend. But yeah. lads, just just before we 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 um we finish off, obviously we've got to prepare for this match on Wednesday against Everton. Is everyone feeling confident? Everton are in a pit at the moment, really struggling for form. The fans. Agent Rafa. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I think in fairness to Rafa, there's there's very little he can do. I mean, he's you know come in with limited money and he's got loads of key injuries. But Everton look vulnerable. Uh, Klopp said, didn't he, after the Southampton match when asked about it, that he just wants to play football. Uh, he thinks too much is made of the fixture. Um, is everyone everyone feeling confident that you know, bearing in mind as well, we've not got a great record there that we're going to get the points on Wednesday because we absolutely need them. Yeah, I think it'll be a febrile. Is that the right word? That's the right word. But yeah, a, a real febrile atmosphere at Goodison. They'll be up for it, of course, being at Derby. They're not in form, but I'm going to have to use that that cliche about form goes out the window with Derby's. I think it has some weight here that Webster will be really up for it. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think Benito yeah, but Aunt, will, yeah. I think if they if we score early, the crowd might turn on him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got the the, the you know the armory to, to put two or three past them, especially in the, the current form. But I don't know whether Benitez will play a, a real a real defensive team, low block, just to try and counter. We know that that's part of Benitez's makeup, don't we? That he you know, he can put up a team. To really get in tight and defend, yeah, so I'd yeah. be very surprised if he if he's adventurous on Wednesday. I just hope no one comes away with a serious injury. You know, I want Thiago to walk off the pitch with his knee still intact. I want Virgil to walk off the pitch with his knee still intact. Um, but listen, guys, I mean, this is just it, it's a, it is um, an exciting time now because we just we got ourselves a little bit closer to. Chelsea and City with Chelsea dropping points against United on the weekend. Um, and as I say, these next two games, they're coming thick and fast. They're going to be really, really important. This month's going to be really, really important. So um, let's all just enjoy it and hope we can we can keep going on a, you know, keep this keep this uh, this this two win run going and going and going until we play Chelsea on uh, in New Year because we will at some point have to talk about the African Cup of Nations and the fact we're going to lose, you know, Salah. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. Well, we'll have to talk about that and how that's going to affect us. It's three games between early January and early February. Guys, thanks very much for joining me. Um, Liverpool march on in the Premier League, closing the gap, the top of the table to two points with another sublime uh, multiple goal victory. Up the Reds. You've been listening to Brothers Red, an LFC fan podcast. Your host was James Cullen. Contributors were Matthew, Francis, Patrick and Andrew Cullen. Music and production by Helen Lyon. The best word I can say when describe this was boom. <laughs> <laughs>